Abin Yattis, the Black Country Blokes, chewing the fat about everything that is mental health, disability, and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, and our very special guest today is Charles Dalve. Now, we've had Charles on our podcast before, and he's going to be coming on to talk about all the wonderful things he's doing with Box Positive. Box Positive is a thing where it's non-contact boxing, and he's working with people with Parkinson's, strokes, different... And boxing's got so many wonderful things, if it's used correctly. So, Charles, thank you, brother, for coming on. Thank you very much, Kev. I've been really looking forward to this. It looks uh, it's very professional, very impressed. I've been very much. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, really excited about yeah talking to you about box positive. It's it's not something I'm. It's something I'm probably I probably should be better at marketing and promoting it and talking about what what I do. But um, I take more more pleasure in obviously doing the coaching, as you know, mm. and actually seeing the results and and working with with the clients that I am and obviously just seeing the the improvements and the pleasure that they get both in sessions and then the effects that it has on their lives helping them taking back control of their conditions so so yeah just a bit about box positive well we'll come into that in a few minutes yeah <laughs> but we always like to start the show yeah. with what we're grateful for because in life it's like when we're doing our support groups it's like as you eat and you go oh. Uh, well, it's been, it's been all right. So we've reframed it by talking to different professionals. What are we grateful for this week, be it this week in general or today? Mm. And I am, um, me being a positive person, <laughs> oh, 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 you know what? I'm grateful got out of bed today. I'm grateful that I'm live and kicking and a famous black country saying it could always be worse. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charles, uh, what are you grateful for? Absolutely. I think, you know, just taking, being grateful for, for those physiological needs, you know, having having food, water, drink, being able to get up, like you said, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't aren't able to, to, to stand up. So all those little things, I think it is really beneficial that we do, you know, we are grateful because um, that just reminds us of, yeah, how lucky we are. Um, and it helps you be more positive, I think, definitely. Lee? Oh, I'm, I'm sticking along the same lines of you and not getting out of bed, but uh, my actual bed. I'm grateful for my own bed. <laughs> yeah. I've spent, um, we spend a lot of time sleeping on the sofa bed downstairs because my daughter's seizures. It's, it's easier with her room being downstairs. But every now and again, I do get to sleep on my own bed and it's absolutely fantastic <laughs> when I do. I'm just grateful. Grateful for that. Is there anything better than sleeping in your own bed? It is. It's <laughs> That's true. But we, this is why I enjoy doing it because we've, we feel like we've got to be grateful for some big epiphany, this big thing. And working with the people you work with, Parkinson's mm-hmm. disease, which is very close to me because my granddad had it, and Lee's daughter having her conditions. And sometimes we, we forget about, I can get mm-hmm. up, I yeah. can go to a toilet un, unassisted, I can yeah. walk, I can talk, I can live a fairly normal life. And... In life, we overlook these miracles, these wonderful blessings that we have every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that if you are feeling down in the dumps, you know, perhaps you know those, those reminders can definitely help you just feel feel better and empower you. And you know, like Lee said, actually, you know, night's sleep can massively help. Um, one thing I think is forgotten about in, you know, going to the doctors or um, occupational therapists are big into 
helping people with their sleep patterns so sleep hygiene making sure that you do get a good solid seven hours at least <laughs> a night um can really help uh, with your mental health so so obviously you know prioritizing sleep and and these these things is is, is going to be really helpful as well well the only thing not to come with instructions <clears throat> is a bed and mattress it's the hardest thing to blow in years, isn't it? But as you say, the, first, the fastest way of sending someone mad is to pride them of sleep. Yeah. And Lee, you know, um, with um, the baby being poorly, it's been a while now, hasn't it, bro, having a good night's sleep? It's been years, in, in the truth <laughs> of it is, just because of um, even if she's sleeping through the night and everything's fine, you're always listening for a monitor or you're always... And she's she's on um, a feed overnight, so the, the pump for that's always whirring and always going over the monitor. So in truth, it's been years, but you do adapt to it as well and, and you take your breaks when you can. Mm-hmm. So it might be that... It's not that I'd, I'd exactly stop in the middle of the day and have half an hour's kit, but I might stop in the middle of the day and just give myself 10, 15 minutes break where I'm not really doing anything, not looking at screens, not doing anything, just relaxing back down. Mm. I think that helps. And yeah, if definitely. you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you might have seen a certain Lee Cadman popping up at the gym doing a bit of training, haven't you? <laughs> yes, yes, back in the gym, uh, hoping to fight again this year. So, yeah, oh, yeah. back in training, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. The age of 38. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be 38 then, won't I? So. Oh, you're doing well. What moisturiser are you using? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to get on that. Like sleep, yeah. you want to get on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play. But it's, yeah. it's been good, hasn't it, probably like getting you back in and... Because we're always saying you've got to find your medicine, train, train, you know, do whatever. And I've seen a difference in you. This week, Lee, just, you've been up, is that your third one this week? Third one this week. I've been training for a while, to be fair, but in, in a gym in solitary confinement, I kind of put myself away. I go to a, a, a regular gym, but I don't talk to anyone there or, or interact. I just go there to train. So it was nice being back around people and having people, like-minded people there who were uh, uh, trying to reach the same goal and mm. it, it just it motivates you all on doesn't it yeah motivates you all to train a bit harder and, and work a bit more but it's i was saying on the podcast on um when did we do it kev tuesday, tuesday. signed on the podcast on tuesday it's I've, 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 that the club's my second home you know i'll go up there every tuesday and wednesday for um support group and uh podcast i've been going for since it was opened in yeah, 2000, 2000. Yeah. but i felt nervous going up there on monday and going well actually you've been a coach there for years you've been up there years but being on the other side of the ropes again as such yeah. I, I felt my nerves brewing and uh, mm-hmm. a bit of anxiety and I had to stop myself and go, what What are you getting anxious about? You've done this a million times before, you know, and, and <laughs> just straightening it back out in my, my head. It's probably a good thing. You, you, you're preparing to beast yourself by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> that's know, what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's... You, you um, know it's, it's hard work and if you're getting a bit of nerves and anxiety, it's probably, you know, it's probably a good thing. And then after the session, you, you're probably feeling much better, aren't you? Yeah, that's got, it. That's it, exactly, definitely. Got definitely. the endorphins rushing. I mean, Charles boxed at a very high level yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I, um, I took up boxing when I was 14, first fight when I was 15, so I felt like I was a bit late. And as soon as I got in the gym, you know, that was it. I was obsessed and it really, I think, I don't think I had a day off. And, uh, you know, I used to go into the gym on weekends, every, every day of the week um, and train. And that's why I, I think I progressed so fast was just through discipline and, and hard work. And I was very lucky that um, Tamworth Boxing Academy opened, um, you know, pretty much straight after my GCSEs. And, I, and 
and I went there. So I was able to, you know, indulge and, and train three times a day sometimes. And, and sometimes I think I was a little bit too, um, I put, I look back at my own training now and I see a lot of the things that I did wrong. So, you know, examples of being, you know, I'd do my training at the gym and then I'd go back and do my own, um, it's far too intense running and looking for sparring as well, rather than letting the coach organize all the sparring, I'd go and try and get extra sparring because I had this mentality and I think it's still the same now that, you know, the best form of training is, you know, if you can get in there with the best boxers, then it's going to enhance your own skill set. And obviously that is true to a point, but you don't want to overstretch yourself. And I think I did did that a little bit too much. I overtrained a bit too much. And obviously that had a, um, a negative impact in the end. But if it wasn't for obviously my experience in boxing, which massively enhanced my confidence in, in school and in life, in general, I don't think I definitely wouldn't have have gone into you know healthcare what I did uh, later on. But um, but yeah, I can talk a bit more about about that um, as well if you want. Yeah, yeah, we'll um, we'll get into this because we're here for a while and I want to talk about how boxing can be a brilliant as we know raw boxing men here. We love the game, yeah, but we've often got to get away from lazy coaching, mm. which is just leaning on the ropes. And watching people have heavy spot after heavy spot because anyone can do that. A, a mom and dad who know nothing about boxing can lean on the rope and let someone beat mm. each other up. And good clubs were against that. Yeah. And it should be we have got to spar. You know, to get us. If I'm going to run a marathon, yeah. I've got to be out running on the road. I can't train for a marathon on a on a treadmill. Yeah. You've got to be getting there. But if I am boxing three twos, three one and halves, or three threes. Mm. I'll train for that. Yeah. And some people are going, well, um, Lee spars 10 rounds on Mondays, seven rounds on Tuesdays, yeah. and he's had 100 rounds of mm. sparring <laughs> a week. Mm. And his body, whether he's 38 yeah. or whether he's 13, he's having got a lot of punishment. Yeah. And, and it's for three, three three-minute rounds, but you're putting yourself through all of this trauma and it's not, it's not necessary. It's it's thinking it's thinking more specific and and smart, and making sure that your training is specific to the the boxing match. You know that's what you're training for. You're not training for yeah you know, yeah twelve round professional fight. And I think if if your mentality amongst coaches and perhaps it could come into the the coaching courses, um, it could really educate and and help obviously reduce risk to kids, but. It also, it would enhance training, in, enhance their skill set, and it would change the culture as well, like within gyms of you know that tough man mentality. I think you could almost, <clears throat> you, it would almost make you more skillful as well, because we oh, were yeah. talking about this earlier, and there's and there's a there is a place for a, a harder spar mm-hmm. that is at a reduced level. You don't need to be doing it every day, but what you can substitute a hard spar is things like body sparring. Technique sparring, lead, think, hand sparring. lead hand sparring, yeah. and all that does is just get you better technique. Absolutely. Whereas actually, an all-out war of a spar, really, what it's, what's it giving you? No, exactly. What boxing is is a thinking man's sport, like a game yeah. chess. How do I hit you and not get hit? Mm. And when it's technical, uh, you can only throw a lead hand to the head, a backhand to the body. Mm. I've got to think about it because yeah. when I'm having a war. I'm tough, yeah. so I grip my teeth. It's just 
and I'll go for you. Yeah. And a brave man, you've got to look after a, a brave person more than a, a coward. Absolutely, yeah. A coward will let you know when the shoulder's gone. A coward mm. will let you know when they're tired. Mm. A warrior, it's your job to look after. Because they will oh, die. Yeah. Yeah. It's used to go, and when I have to tell my boxers or pull them out, it's please don't, please don't. I went, mm. I'm pride, isn't it? Because I love you. Mm. If you fall out of me and go to another club, that's up to you, but I know I can sleep at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we, we've probably come on to it a bit fast, but, you know, that was my own conflict, you know. I, but that was my, my problem as a boxer. I was too brave, mm. but then... You know, trying to get across the right sort of training has has been difficult. Um, so, you know, in the end, it became a little bit too stressful for me. And I, I walked away from competitive boxing coaching. But um, but obviously, yeah, I, I still, you know, love the sport and I see the, the benefits of it. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a real challenge. And perhaps, you know, I, I, need, I need to learn, you know, where I, where I went wrong and just be able to, to pass that on. I've actually done a... I've done a YouTube video, just a, a, a short one, just telling boxers how they can safely approach their um, training. Um, so I think, you know, little things like that I can start what, doing. What's your YouTube channel? Um, yeah. Just Box Positive, yeah. There's only a, a couple of videos on at the minute, but need but, to get that. But this busy. is why we had a, a boxer who used to box with my dad, um, Harvey Mitu. <clears throat> he, um, he was a journeyman, great amateur, you know. He could have done things, but... Through poverty, he had to turn professional and become a journeyman. Had a, a hundred professional bouts, and he loves boxing. He he made good money doing what he did. But I love getting people like that on lived experience. I'm going to be a journeyman. Well, hang on, mate. You've got to learn how not to get stopped. Yeah. You've got to learn how not to get cut. If I get a cut, I can't box in 28 days. If I get stopped, it's. Mm. You've got to learn the tricks of trades because everyone looks at a journeyman and goes, "Oh, he's rubbish. Had a hundred bouts, only one." It's a skill Good to defense. fight every week, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and make your purse. Mm. And it's educating people to go, well, how many people, man, you've been in the game forever? Yeah. I've had enough of amateur. I'm, I'm tired of getting robbed. I'm going to go pro. Yeah. And you're thinking, are you for real? Mm. When money's involved, you're going to get robbed even more. Yeah. And then if you can't sell the tickets. That's it. It's just a business, really, isn't it? You're making your pimp <clears throat> money. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like, better you treat your pimp. More money you can get your pimp, more he's going to look after you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's the thing with amateur boxing. That's the way you can really enhance the, the skill and work on showing showing people where where that it is, you know, a skill sport. So like you said, working on technique more and really breaking sparring down so you're developing specific skill sets so you can just work on... Um, like slowing things right down and that's also going to have a positive impact on on the brain the brains can only develop skills through breaking things down if you overload the brain it can't it can't enhance you know skills components of fitness proprioception they're not going to enhance if you're if you're having a, a an all-out war mm. so just breaking it right down working on the skills and then slowly building it up putting them together together and then you're going to see dramatic improvements i think in in people's skill and it's something i've always liked about your the lions boxing club and something that we did at the academy was was that it was always breaking specific skills down and then you'd you would see those skills would translate into the the matches then you'd see boxers using those phases of attack the stepping to the sides mm. those things that you've worked on technically 
have actually translated into the to the ring. So it shows that you you don't have to have tough, hard sparring all the time, mm. and and that it actually works. So, well, so yeah, I'd that's say, it's easier to create a habit than to break a habit. Mm. So if I can get the habit correct with the technique correct, and the only way, like if children pick it up more than blokes, say, because a child, if a jab. You know, if you're 28k, 30k, if the jab bounces on my nose, yes, it might, my nose might water, but I'm not as frightened. Mm. If I've got a, an 80 odd gay blow punch on the nose, it's frightening. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, so, I, I, and I think that's why Tyson Fury's having so much success because he learned all these skills as a baby, mm. as has grown into a man. Yeah, you know, and you can see like with the the GB boxers and the former GB boxers because most of them have been doing it since childhood, teenhood. Mm. And they've learned the fundamental skills. Yeah, Pro- prioritising that in their training as well. So that was, yeah, where I I started really with the, the boxing and falling in love with that whole process and treating it more as a physical chess match. That's mm. what I always liked about the sport. And I always thought as well, after I was, I was unwell in 2010, this is, there's got to be a way that in hospitals... Mm. Uh, people with conditions can use that same mentality, that same community vibe that you got in in boxing clubs. That feel good, uh, positive spirit that could be used in helping people overcome their health problems, as well as training for a fight in against another person in a competition. You're actually tr- you can train to get that fighting mentality to overcome health problems and that's where I guess the penny dropped and the, the the seed was planted for me to go into healthcare I thought I had to go and study to be an occupational therapist in my mid-20s which was a bit of a, a it was a hard thing to do it was a big challenge but um, it paid off because with that degree I've now been able to go to doctors and clinically reason why this form of training and exercise is is good and it helps people manage their conditions so obviously i don't just do boxing there's other elements of exercise that i, that I work on and obviously working on um, strategies and compensatory and rehab strategies to help people but a big fundamental aspect of it is is using boxing as a as a modality to help people overcome conditions so there's a lot of positives that that have come of my from my experiences in boxing well, we'll come into that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Lee, do you want to go to a few songs, bruv? Not a problem. And we're back. May I say, I love the eclectic music. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like how I like it. I, I was laughing with you off camera. Like, I'm lying in the bath and it could be a bit of NWA, then a bit of Bob Dylan, then a bit of Enya. Is that my playlist? No. <laughs> so yeah. why, why, why have you picked these songs? Um, I tried to... Can you say what they are first as often as? Yeah, just pick ones that have got a real mix so help you feel they're uplifting and ones that remind me of different things that have inspired me when I was younger I seem to remember when I was young Enya my mom always playing Enya <laughs> so that's obviously mom was a big inspiration she worked on the the aeroplanes and was always working hard uh, it was very uh, inspirational to me uh, and then there's Bob Dylan there <laughs> not my dad <laughs> and he was singing about Reuben Carter, Hurricane Carter. There's a, a film. Who who plays him? Denzel it is Washington, Denzel Washington, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. For a, he was incarcerated for a crime that he he didn't 
commit. I don't think he committed anyway. <laughs> and that was a, a song that was written about him, so I thought that was quite fitting. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> song. I love it. It's a tune, isn't it? My favourite Bob Dylan song. Yeah. But back to the boxing, I mean, yeah. we're going to go into a bit of um, box positive now. Yeah. And at, like we were saying about Parkinson's, um, but you, you tell us, I mean, is there, there's something in America that um, give you the kind of idea for us to bring it over here. That's right, yeah. So I went into healthcare to use boxing because boxing had really given me a focus and a passion when I was younger. It's obviously my biggest hobby and had that idea you could use this this sport as a form of exercise to help people overcome health conditions. And then whilst I was studying to be an occupational therapist, I came across some research in America <clears throat> when we were doing a project looking at things that can help people with Parkinson's. And I came across a, a program called Rocksteady Boxing in America. And that was developed by a lawyer with Parkinson's and he went to a, a boxing gym and he came out after his session and he, he said his hand was rock steady, so his tremor had gone and it had improved his symptoms. So I started looking, there wasn't anything that big over here. I think Bristol have got a program. And then I got in contact with, I saw on, on Facebook and this how it seemed quite synchronistic and like I was meant to, I was meant to do this because I got in touch with a lady who was running sessions in a boxing gym I, I actually went to New Zealand when I was 22 23 with my girlfriend and I worked in a boxing gym obviously that was the, a job that I found over there was um, doing fitness classes and running non-contact boxing sessions there and then I saw on on Facebook whilst I was studying that they were running counterpunch Parkinson's a program over there by a lady called Lisa Roach and contacted her and she just so happened to be flying over to the UK within the next couple of weeks and agreed to put me through the training to become first UK qualified counterpunch Parkinson's coach and that was just you know so exciting and she had the same sort of vision and inspiration as as I did and it was really yeah motivating to to you know, get this degree finished and, and get started. I think I started Box Positive, you know, a few weeks later and I got a, a put, put it in the advertiser in Bromsgrove and had a few people get in touch with, with the condition. And it started from there, just at that Droitwich Boxing Club where I'm boxing and getting people to group sessions. And it's just gradually built and grown from there about three, four years ago now. So... It was initially, yeah, inspired by the American program, got qualified by the lady from New Zealand, and then it's just gradually grown. And obviously with COVID, the pandemic came about, that impacted on, you know, branching out, making it a bit bigger, but we've still managed to to go very strong. I was able to leave my hospital role to fully focus on box positive. So it's been really good and obviously very inspiring working with these people that have got a, a chronic condition um, to to really you know, use this this sport to, to help overcome these the symptoms. And it's been so inspiring seeing, you know, one one lady has been not able to to do it, it, activities of daily living like washing herself and then after the sessions you know for the first time in 10 years she's been able to have a, a bath again one one guy is able to sit to stand 
much faster moving. He says that it's it's like he's put the condition in reverse. And there's these, and, and you can just see how how powerful it is. Um, can I just ask, Charles, sorry to butt in, but can I just yeah. ask for people who aren't aware of uh, what, what Parkinson's is and, and the yeah. the uh, the symptoms, the physical symptoms that you, that you see from it, can you can you answer what, yeah. like that, what they are? And also, how do you think the boxing helps that side of things? Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I should, <laughs> I should have give some, given some context into that. So, yeah, so Parkinson's, it's a, a neurodegenerative condition and it affects the part of the brain called the basal ganglia and it's situated that's situated in the, the middle of the brain and that controls stops, starts, movements and it uses dopamine sort of as the, the transmitter, as the, the oil, if you like, to help um, initiate those movements. So in Parkinson's, that neurotransmitter it actually dies off so people with parkinson's they can lose up to 70 percent of the dopamine uh, without realizing and it's it's only really after you've lost a considerable amount of dopamine that you start experiencing these symptoms and get a diagnosis and some people can have it for for years before and and can have other I think things that are, are not spoken about because it is characterized as a movement disorder. The things that aren't spoken about are the obviously a lack of dopamine can also impact on your emotions as well. So chronic depression and, you know, feeling feeling down in the dumps is is also a symptom and and other other things, but the the noticeable changes are the bradykinesia i think the tremor i think a lot of people think of but that doesn't affect everyone uh, only a few people actually have a, a tremor that i see uh, but it's it more can be that bradykinesia and rigidity so stiff uh, and and slowness and that's why the the boxing uh, it encompasses all of these exercises that have been proven to be uh, beneficial for the condition. So exercises that work on posture, so really stretching out. Um, so we obviously, I spoke about last time, we think about fighting. We're always preparing for Nikolai Valuev, who's a seven foot two uh, Russian boxer. So someone that's nice and tall. So we, we have more of a Nassim Hamed style. So we stand with our, our chest out up tall, chest, chin in the air, as opposed to chin down, because that can, I guess, exacerbate that stooped Crazy, posture. Yeah. So we're, rather than flexion, we're working on extension. So really stretching out uh, the arms. Um, and Thinking also about the coordination, so something that's impacted heavily in Parkinson's is the ability to coordinate your movements. So when we're we're doing the the pad work, we'll be really trying to yeah, like I said, hold the pad up high, but changing the the direction, working on the dynamic balance, um, and a range of activities that really combat those symptoms. So there's a lot of research out there that that shows now and demonstrates how dramatically helpful exercise is. Uh, but there's, there's, there's now also more research with directly looking at boxing and, and Rocksteady Boxing Programme in America has got a lot of evidence uh, backing that as well. So, so yeah, it just, for me, it just, it all makes sense. Boxing is almost everything that the Parkinson's isn't in a way. And all of those symptoms that people struggle with is directly, um, you know, combated by 
those boxing movements. So moving fast works those fast twitch muscle fibers, you know, that explosive movement. And also the the endorphin release has a neurophysiological impact as well. You'll work you'll by work getting that heart rate up and high intensity movements can actually improve the um the endorphin release those um brain derived neurotrophic factors that are produced when exercising are produced more when you're doing things like fast fast punches so people actually find during these sessions it's when they 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 really feel like it's they've got that identity of boxer as opposed to a parkinson's patient and they they've, they're really fighting back and they forget about the the condition in a lot of cases they they get into what what's called a i think the occupational therapists have, have nicked this but it's a state of occupational flow where they can just get immersed and you know yourself when you're hitting the bag you can really get into just a, a zone can't you and, and runners get it it's called the runner's high but um when when you see that and you've seen the, the video of people hitting the bag it's it's liberating for them so for for that moment parkinson's goes walkabouts and when i'm um, when i'm actually sp I, I get them in the ring and they're sparring me they uh all of a sudden yeah they, they haven't got parkinson's anymore and they're very sharp and and i've had to i, I had to stop doing that now because i was actually getting caught <laughs> a couple of times but um a few things i'll jump in there though look yeah when you say sparring they're charming <clears throat> Is they're throwing shots at him. Yes, he's sorry. walking around. So no, non-contact. Because I know someone will be there going, "Oh well," <laughs> yeah. but because Charles is a boxer and is a kind human being, they're having the feeling of being in there. Yeah. But without the fear of being knocked about. Yeah. And that's where people like you are the right men for the job, because. What would it prove? And this is where wrong people in the game, and mm. how many people do we know? Go, oh, well, my first time I was in there with um, ex English champion. Oh, he knocked me about. <laughs> and you're going, what have you learned? Mm. All we've done is polish that man's ego. Mm. Boxing shouldn't be about that, it's to keep bullies out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you're doing is bringing coordination, mm. confidence, relief. Mm. And I imagine to some of these people, when your world is shutting down and you can't do the things that you used to have to do mm. and you go and hitting something, A, is great. Mm. It makes us feel good. Yeah. But we feel like the person we was. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, both during and then just after. You see people walking into the gym, they might have had a hard week, and then after the session, they've they've... Their, their face is is bright because that's another symptom the facial masking can can come but you can real really see expression in their faces after they've been hitting the bag and I think something that's really special about the boxing is like we were talking about before the the reflex system is something that isn't affected so people will think of boxing that have Parkinson's and they might be put off by the idea of it. But we've had people with the condition come into the gym and their their wives uh, with a couple of the guys have, have been sat there and they've put the gloves on and they've hit the pads and, and the, the wife has been in tears because they've they've seen the effect both. They've seen their, their partner move faster than they've seen them before and the, the, the liberating feeling that they've got as well. It's, um, it's, it's quite, you know, amazing to see. But um, the unique... you and it reminds your partner... That he's still in there, doesn't he? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I remember when my granddad Bernard um 
when his medication was right. Mm. And I remember seeing him walk about the stick. And it is like, you know, the problem is with medications, it works. It's and wearing then, off, yeah. Oof, you know, I, I, I remember Grandad having holes drilled in his head. Oh, the DBS. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And all these different things. And right. But if we can do something that hasn't got to be a drug mm. and it's bringing that natural out of you. And yeah. once you've done something and you've proved yourself that you can do it, that that's wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's just one of the the unique things about boxing. I think the other, uh, there's other exercise programs that have been proven to be beneficial, but a lot of the times they people are doing you know lunges where they're throwing their arms and stretching out to the side. These are obviously very good exercises, but there isn't a, a purpose where they're enhancing their skill sets so with the boxing program you've got multiple skills that people can learn so one that's really good for the neuroplasticity the brain it's reshaping parts of the brain but also they're learning a skill and overcoming certain barriers that they may have had last week and they they can see and they can feel when they're hitting the pad actually that's the sensory impact they're getting from from the Glove hitting the pad, it, that's improving. So you're getting these outcome measures every week, and they're they're improving. So whichever way you look at it, I, I find this the, the boxing program for people with Parkinson's, and 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 even you know we're just talking about Parkinson's, but it can be equally liberating for someone for this week that I've been working with, for example, that's had a, a stroke and he's got the hemiparesis, so um, paralysis on one side, and over the last few weeks, we've been working on enhancing that that right side. So getting him to stand in southpaw and stepping with his with his jab whilst he's throwing it. And after these few weeks, he's actually improved in activities daily living, such as walking. His his foot hasn't been hitting the floor as he as he's been stepping. But he's also said other meaningful activities, which is he likes playing golf. He's improved his golf swing as well. So. A lot of these things have been transferable to other areas of we're not just making people in the moment enjoy the, themselves. They're actually having knock-on effects to, you know, making a cup of tea, turning over in bed. Obviously, we're working on those twisting, turning, turning, working those core muscles as we're throwing hooks. So they're... It's all the things we take for granted again, isn't it? All the yeah. simple things like making a cup of tea, which we can all do relatively easy. and But... It, <laughs> And it's not until you lose that kind of ability that then you appreciate that you can do that or you see someone else struggling to do that, then you appreciate how easy it is for you to do it. I think with brain injuries uh, and with these illnesses, you've lived as a a physical, able person and then when it's taken away from you, you're fully aware of what you're missing. Mm. And it's not only... And this is what we're going to try and get that... um, Who who we're going to try and get on the brain... Headway. Yeah. Headway, yeah. But we want to get this on because it's not only the person he affects, it's the husband, the wife, the child, mm. and they have to come to deal with it as well, don't they? Yeah. And brain injury, it's so, it's so sad. It's so sad. But um, mm. just watch one of those videos of you, um, but, uh, and you're getting the man to punch and to talk at the yeah. same time. Why, why was that? So, yeah, so that, that was just a, a drill targeting a number of symptoms so they're shouting they're in their boxing stance and i've numbered the punches so it's it's quite cruel really it's quite a difficult drill but he's demonstrated it really well john's been coming for a, a few years but i think that was the first time he'd done that one so he's got to think of the the punch 
what number and he's got to shout that punch as as he's as he's doing it so it's working on the speech projection so in parkinson's sometimes you can have speech disorders so the speech can become um either either slurred or much quieter so again the there's um the symptoms uh, hypermimia and it can impact on obviously facial expression but the speech and so we get people to really shout out as they're punching um and what he's also doing is work on those fast movements so he's having to multitask so like you said when you're making a, a cup of tea you don't realize how many different things are going on you have to think of what where you're getting the cup from where the tea bags are where and work on that coordination so those are activities that can become very very challenging and perhaps even people will, would start to avoid them and if i'm working with people i try and tell them to or encourage them to to keep doing those activities and and try and enhance those those skills so that was the idea of that drill just to work on a number of different things at once to try and help speed up or help the brain the brain's an incredible thing and you're able to work on um, neuroplasticity where you can relearn work from different angles so parts of the the brain that may have become redundant you can actually work around that and maybe work on on strategies to vote to overcome uh, some of those symptoms we had a, a great man unfortunately <coughs> he's passed away now pete gaviscon and he was gavacol I've, I've got that wrong every time <laughs> <laughs> but what a tremendous man and if his family listening r.i.p he was a brilliant man i learned so much about um dementia right, yeah. from him and it was something as silly as a cup when you're, when you're in nursing, from a child, we learned that a mug has got a hot drink in it, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, mm. so be careful. Whereas a beaker has yeah. normally got squash. Or, and, goes, and sometimes you'll, you'll leave a mug next to someone with de- um, dementia yeah. and they won't have drunk out of it because they think it's hot. Mm. Whereas by changing the glass, yeah. allows someone to think, oh, it's water, I'm thirsty. Yeah. And it's these little things, but like my granddad had Parkinson's and I've learned so much. I've lived with Parkinson's with my granddad, mm. but how you've explained it, mm. I've learned so much about Parkinson's. Okay, that's good. And I think by having these conversations like we had Pete and it gives us an understanding, doesn't it, Lee, mm. about these illnesses and by having knowledge, we have power. Yeah. And with these these things... It gives people an option. Do you have mainly men or is it men and women? I think it is probably, it probably is a a, a culture thing, but a, a, what a word I'm, I'm trying to think of, the, the time really, people that are <clears throat> older, older adults, boxing as a sport it probably does appeal more to the, to the guys. <clears throat> but we've had a few ladies, come on board but a little bit more clinical reasoning is needed i think mm. to to try and i guess encourage uh, females to take on boxing because it's it's a little bit it's got a bit of a bad reputation with with some people so mm. i think but once that's again been the beauty of box positive is people have been able to to come in quite anti-boxing actually and then once I'm thinking of a few ladies that, that come to it and then once they've hit the pads, they're like, oh, actually, they've got a newfound respect for boxing and, and even some of them are, are watching it now. <laughs> so, and can can see, like you just said, once it's explained to someone, then they can 
people can understand it and they look at it from a different perspective and can see, oh, actually, there's a lot of thought that's gone into that and see that it is a physical chess match because that's one of the benefits of boxing as well, how I teach it. Obviously, we're not trying to get them ready to, to get into a, a boxing match, but they are getting ready for a, what you might think of it as a bigger fight, which is fighting their condition. And using these skills, they're, they're having to really challenge the brain. So if you're throwing a jab, for you and I, it's second nature, but you've got to really think, you've got to turn that hand over, you've got to keep the other hand up. And that's something that people do really struggle with just those two two things keeping that other that other arm tight um you've got to also think about what what the body's doing twisting at the hips and that trunk rigidity can be really difficult to actually rotate and you can you can tell people have got the condition just by doing a bit of a activity analysis and looking at them when you when they first start and seeing how rigid their movements are so it's actually enhanced my skills as a coach and when, when i came back to to coaching boxers yeah i'd, I'd see different things so I, i've gone off on a bit of a tangent there but it, i guess it relates back to what you were saying you it does. once you learn more about different things it you, you see things from different perspectives. So, And anyone who's done boxing and you're on the pads, mm. there's no greater feeling when you, you know you've hit it clean mm. and it makes the noise and yeah. you know when you've done it right. And that's, if you've got Parkinson's fully able to whatever, and you're aware of when it's coming together. Yeah. And that that's the good thing about it, isn't it? I can see the growth in my performance. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like a tough one again. You know what I mean? Come boxing <laughs> yeah. and... Yeah, yeah, they take on that identity of, of boxer and I feel feel tough. And like that guy that you were just describing, John, the other day I asked him after the round, I said, how how do you feel now? He said, I'm in euphoria, Charles. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's euphoric, the 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 punching. It's it's really liberating. I think that's what's quite amazing. You've got people that have otherwise they they I feel like it's dopamine enhancing yeah. punching. It, it's really produces a happy hormone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, is that you, right? you're releasing that... you're releasing your stresses as well, aren't you? At the same time, and I can imagine yeah. um, right. when when you are when you have had Parkinson's and you you do have Parkinson's that there's not many real ways that you can release that stress and mm. and the 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 worries that you've gone through to even get to that point. So to be able to just go in there and, and hit something, I, like I find it really therapeutic just hitting a bag, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, definitely. Not, there doesn't have to be aggression behind it, but it does definitely just lose that stress. Mm. And as a bloke's bloke, it's appealing, isn't it? Because I'm not knocking anything, so whatever your, your medicine is, you use it. But like, for someone of myself, to have gone and done water aerobics, Mm. or Pilates, or as you are saying, there's great exercises for boxing, but I'm doing lunges and working my arms. It's very good for your body and your brain, but it's not for everyone, is it? No. Whereas to feel like a boxer and dad's going to do a bit of boxing today, Jazz, or, you know, and you're telling your kids, your grandkids, and, mm. oh, it's, it's it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. And he's still got it. There's life in the old dog yet, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. And everyone wears the the box positive t shirts yeah. with pride and they part the gang exactly yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a real community and that's something unique about boxing gyms as well mm. isn't it you've got a, a family and I do feel like we've built a, a family there so yeah it's really liberating from a number of different perspectives absolutely 
Well, Lee, uh, do you want to go to a couple more songs? Yeah. And we're back. Once again, loving the uh, the music, Prodigy, <laughs> then a bit of Wu-Tang. <laughs> right up my alley. How come? Yeah, I think those were, those were probably from around the time I was boxing training. I was mm. probably listening to those whilst training. And I think that was one of the things that, Nick Davies, one of the sports psychologists. Yeah, Jedi, we've had him on the show. <laughs> How have you? Yeah, he, he said one of the things that you can do is listen to music whilst you're training and then play that again whilst you're uh, waiting for your fight. Mm. So it reminds you of all those, all those training sessions that you've done, done. So that's probably one of the, the songs from that. There's a couple of other things that Nick said. There was also diaphragmatic breathing, yes. which is... Now it's now been proven to reduce cortisol levels, so the stress hormone. Mm. So if people are feeling anxious, there's actually scientific evidence that taking these deep breaths and breathing into the bottom of your lungs mm. can can help reduce that anxiety and, and reduce the the stress hormone. So that was something that he told me, you know, way back when I was boxing. I would get really nervous before my fights, and he said that was something you could do. Mm. And I remember the one fight when I was boxing England versus Canada and the doctor checked my blood pressure and heart rate and usually it would be quite high but it was quite low after after doing the, the diaphragmatic breathing so that was there's be, no better evidence than that when you're really nervous for something and you put in, put that into practice that can help so that's something that I've also looked into with people with Parkinson's and I've used that in sessions as well. We always start with that deep diaphragmatic breathing. So that's something that you can look into online. If people have got any difficulties or, or stresses, just taking a minute, it's mindfulness as well. I, I suppose from a physiological standpoint, it is diaphragmatic breathing, but there's I'll a get, lot on mindfulness I'll get, now. I'll get my lads doing that all day, and girls at the, at the gym. Brilliant. Breathing right. Yeah. And in it, it's the thing that we all do so naturally. You hang me upside down in a dark room, I'll always breathe. But when you're panicking, you forget to blooming do it. Short breaths. Yeah. And it's just breathing. It's like when you're in the corner, yeah. you know, I put my hand on you, I lean your back and go, mm. while well, I'm talking, you're going to breathe. Yeah. You know, and you. Reoxygenates everything as well. So from that perspective, it helps your muscles relax but it also just helps you calm right down and then you feel refreshed don't you the next when the when the bell goes for the next round you feel refreshed so i think that's probably a, a, a massive thing as a as a coach what you can well, how you can help the the boxers in the corner because that's when you, you're most anxious isn't it the, the nerves go when you're fighting but then you come back to the corner it's the nerves start to set in a bit and it's better to get get the breathing going get the breathing and in the change room because how many people like you're on about 20 yeah. Before the boxing show started, and you've got your boxing gear on, you walk around shadow boxing. So, and you're thinking, how much energy have yeah, I wasted before I've even got in there? Definitely, yeah. Like, say you're on bed 20, I'll say, come to the change room on bed 15. Mm. We start getting the kit on gradually, and yeah. then like two to three beds, and we have a little mover. So, you're getting ready to peak. Yeah. But how many people? They're in five hours unboxing, <laughs> and he's had 400 pounds in his mind. <laughs> yeah. Because your brain... You're not conserving the energy, are you? you? You're burning it, burning through all of that, that anxiety, and by the time of the fight, yeah, you can be tired. That's probably why I was tired in a lot of, a lot of fights. Well, your brain doesn't know that you're not fighting. 
Yeah. You're going over and if he does this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to share the boxing. And I don't. So before I get into doing my three rounds of actual boxing, I've had 200 bouts yeah, out yeah. there and I'm, I'm mentally exhausted. And you see some people and then you'd have to bar me so-and-so's. Mm. And they're on the pads for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> dripping. It's like, got to get him warm. I'm thinking, bloody neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I think that's a massive one, isn't it, for, for boxers to learn about, you know, relaxing the body and, and oxygenating it, getting ready for, mm-hmm. for a competition. Some people, they've got to go and sit down with the headphones in. Mm-hmm. Some people have got to go and sit with their family. Some pe- you know what I mean? You've got to know it works for you, but don't feel like you're being bullied into it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, a lot of the time, anxiety is very contagious. Mm-hmm. And I, I see you and I go, Hey, then, Charlie, you, you now I'm good. Then your dad will walk in and go, oh, he's a bag of nerves. I'm going, you're a bag of nerves. <laughs> and before, you know, and they're not doing it deliberately because they, no. they love you that much. But try and get away from them. Yeah. Say, so, all right, dad, love you. You go and lean at the bar. Yeah. I'm going to go off with Kev or Lee or Charles. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. You've got to know you guys. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to get into the, the zone and if... Family and friends—they mean well, but if they, if it's not going to help you, it's going to sidetrack you and and make you more anxious. It's it's probably a better idea to yeah get get go and work with the coach as opposed to to that yeah. <laughs> and and you need that bond with your coach, don't you? You need mm. that because your coach is your coach, your dad, your vicar, your therapist. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it's all these things because. I'm lucky I've got a great family, but so many people haven't. And it's that person you can really go and talk to. Good bond, yeah. Good bond. And you're following that person to hell, you know. And if they say jump, you jump. And Mm. you sit there in the corner and go, your job's not working. You believe them wholeheartedly. And this is when we we touched this earlier. Mm. If you go to a boxing gym and the first night they have you in doing Heavy sparring. Mm. It's not the right place. And people mm. will argue, disagree, whatever. But you should not be in there being lamped. Yeah. Because it's not teaching her to be tough. Mm. I remember every lamping I've ever had, mm. not one of them's made me tough. It's made me think, I'm not going in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you learn how to survive. Yeah. You, you survive a mugging. Mm. You know, it doesn't make you tough to go out there and be mugged. Yeah. You learn how to survive. Yeah, that's it. And talking about earlier training the brain if you're training to get hit it's it's going to translate into the ring so you need to have structured sparring and working up to open sparring i think that was something that was very very difficult to do when i was boxing i didn't have that much guidance especially when i was on my own i was trying to sort out my own sparring and that was a mistake really but those are those are the things you, you learn from, don't you? Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you worry about CT yourself? Because uh, you've you've kind of seen <laughs> Parkinson's, which I'm not saying the people who come to you it's from boxing, but potentially it is. Yeah. But you've sparred, you say you box for England. You've sparred some some great people. Do you worry about how that's going to affect you when you get older? Absolutely. I think last year was was a big one for me because I'd. Worked for a few years in a neuropsychiatric setting, working with men that have had brain injuries and then mental health problems as a result of the brain injuries. And I also met 
and had been working with an ex-professional boxer that was living with pugilistica dementia, now known as C chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So that was a big, a difficult one for me. And I've been trying for all these years, working in healthcare, trying to fight the stigma attached to boxing. And and actually, I've I've come across some absolutely amazing and lovely people in boxing and I, in all honesty i've i've come across you know lovely people in healthcare but i've come across more sort of nasty people people that have have got some quite horrible negative things to say you know about the sport and and i've always vehemently defended boxing but then last year i've you know met this guy with cte i've done more research about a concussion seeing the effects on on the brain and that's you know led me to a bit of a conflict and as you're talking there about you know coaching boxing it's something that I've done for years and and it's quite difficult listening because I, I really miss it but when I was trying after we'd come back from the lockdown I was trying to make the the the, the sport safer within the gym because the the kids hadn't boxed for quite some time so and I'm quite focused now on brain injury and trying to prevent that and um, when I tried to change the rules and try and encourage safe ways of approaching training and say cutting out you know open sparring I had you know parents taking their their kids to other gyms uh, to spar at other gyms behind my back and I, it, it it became a real worry thinking about again CTE thinking about the, the brain injury and I felt the easiest option for me was just to you know pull away from competitive boxing coaching and I've now got another goal in life and that's to try and improve um, boxing and make it safer for young people especially because you know thinking back to me when I was training uh, when I was come to 2010 I had one thing on my mind only and that was going to the 2012 Olympics I was boxing for England already and and really there was no, I, I, I knew if I was going to put everything into this sport I was going to do it and and what I did I came to you know Christmas 2010 I, I looked at for Nathan Cleverley's on on Facebook and I found his dad Vincent Cleverley and I messaged him and asked if I could go down and, and spar Nathan he was the the British light heavyweight professional champion at the time so I took it on myself to to plan to go down there in January had the championships lined up in I think was it February March so I wanted to to get in there with the best possible boxer I could do and when in Went drove down to Wales on my own at 19. I must have had balls of steel because I wouldn't I wouldn't do that now. And yeah, it was an incredible experience. You know, training in, in on the in the Welsh valleys. I was getting inc it was you know living the life of a champion. You know, going for runs with him. I sparred him every day. I was literally yeah in heaven as a boxer. I I, I loved it. And I was sparring with another pro, but we were sparring heavy heavy rounds and. The guys at the gym, they said, "Oh, it's professional. You know, it'll be slower paced. He won't, he won't spar how he boxes." <laughs> so I went in there thinking, "Oh yeah, it'll be slower paced," and I got in there with Nathan Cleverly, and he, he was, he threw the most punches <laughs> any, uh, anyone had ever thrown at me every round, and I just thought, "This is in, this is crazy." How, uh, he was 
new and he was coming forward as well so it was constant pressure he was constantly in range um so i took a lot of punches to the head uh, seven days i did over 24 round sparring that week and then i came back to hall green where i was boxing then and Frankie Gavin was training with Tony Bellew at Anthony Farnell's gym and they'd got wind that I'd been sparring Nathan Cleverly who, and they were massive rivals at the time and they hadn't yet met and um, Bellew then obviously wanted to spar me so Frankie Gavin had organised that. I went up to spar with Bellew a couple of weeks later after sparring cleverly and we did three and a half minute rounds with 30 seconds break <laughs> yeah. and it was just he 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 punched unbelievably hard like a, a mule it was crazy where he got his his power from but obviously he also had a point to prove for him. maybe he wanted me to go back and tell cleverly that was the hardest i'd been hit so from a from a boxer's perspective in, in my head i was you know there's no way i was going to lose now I've, I've i've had the train i've i've had the preparation then i had a couple of uh, club show bouts for your, your own Ricky Summers yeah, great fights. Uh, t t had two fights with him and then I, I boxed about five five times in the senior ABAs after that and thinking back now and having the knowledge that I have on the brain I can understand that you know in the space of three what, three months my brain I was was shaking in, in, in the skull and obviously the the, there isn't anything protecting the brain inside the skull, and it was move, it, it, every time it takes a, a punch, it moves in the in the cranium and it bangs against the, the the skull, and there's sharp ridges that tear parts of the brain each time this happens. So now I've realised that because I didn't have a coach there when I was sparring these guys, I, I, I was taking it on myself to to go and organize these spars against people that were professionals that did, did that did this for a living and i wasn't in any position really to be organizing that myself um and i now now realize after fighting and winning the midlands title in the the tower ballroom uh, against jimmy mccann um i you know went went off on a on a bit of a I, I wasn't I didn't sleep for a, a few weeks and yeah i just totally lost um my grasp on reality just went went uh what what was a, a psychotic episode and i was hospitalized um for eight to ten weeks and and it was yeah it was a a culmination obviously of anxiety the but punches to the head over really years as well and it was what i know now is post-concussive syndrome and um what's that mean concussed over and over yeah so uh, obviously when i was sparring i was having the the concussion yes a uh, number of times but it was some something that i was um yeah i did i i just become accustomed to i think and yeah if you if you look look it up actually all of those symptoms i've i had come <laughs> is um aligns with that uh, post-concussive syndrome so it's uh, only something that I've really learned about since working in brain injury so looking back it, it it became yeah just difficult for me and obviously I've I've gone you know almost 10 years um, 
believing that what I went through was like a existential angst, like my inability to to cope with the the pressure. And I think it was like a mix of of that as well. I think you know there was a lot of stress involved in championships and boxing, but then looking at it from a neurological standpoint, actually in those two three months, look at all that sparring and all those punches I, I would have taken. You know, six fights and sparring numerous pro- professional fighters. It's just it, it just wouldn't. It, it was inevitable that what happened to me happened. Um, and I was lucky, really, that I, I got away with with it just just being that. So, so yeah. In answer to your question, I, I do worry now about uh, yeah. Well, I I read a book recently by Tris Dixon uh, called Damage, Damage and, yeah. it, and it's about um, CTE in boxing, and and he goes round interviewing boxers who yeah. have suffered through it, and their and their families, and it surprises surprised <clears> me how many that you don't hear about really who are yeah. suffering from from cte from from boxing um mm-hmm. and it's a hard one because i can't actually diagnose it properly until that person dies and they're able to take mm-hmm. take the because it's something to do with spike protein um that protein. that's it yeah. sorry yeah so it, it is hard but do you think you would have if you know what you know now would you have still boxed at that time, because I so think to myself, I, I think, well, <laughs> well, you hear it off the boxers and the yeah, kind of like, I would have done, yeah. it's kind of like a pension, isn't it? It's something that that you you don't think you don't think you need in your twenties and thirties, mm. and then all of a sudden this 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 thing creeps up on you, and, yeah. and you, actually you you could you should have done something about that earlier, <laughs> yeah. but you don't yeah. realise until no. until then. And yeah, I I do I do worry that, but I loved it, and I think it gave me so much. The boxing did outside of it and without the boxing i don't know what i would have done i would have been so you know i was a very sad kid so it really it saved me in a way so i don't regret my box and i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now if it wasn't for my hospital experience either so you know and i wouldn't have the knowledge of how to coach and and try and hopefully change things in the future and prevent kids from making the the mistakes i made but but yeah like you say that once you've had a, a concussion the, that part of the brain doesn't repair so it makes a lot of things make sense as well and whether you know when i've gone through periods of you know suicidal ideation where i've you know had you know chronic negative thoughts it's made me you know really wonder whether it was the, the, an effect of the the punches, or whether you know, it, I don't know, but it probably doesn't help having you know worrying about it. But I think it's definitely what we're doing, talking about it. And Tris Dixon's done an incredible job with that book. I read it as well. It yeah, was fantastic, it, it, amazing. And what's been that's part of my my liberating experience over this last year is hearing other boxers having the psychosis as well. Uh, and when I when I and up until Tris Dixon wrote that book, I didn't I hadn't heard that I hadn't heard. Oh, it was just you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that the other other boxers have had this as well. Um, and ah, oh, yeah, it's it's been it's been yeah, amazing sort of uh, knowing yourself and taking that step back and reflecting on on things has definitely helped and it's helped my practice as a healthcare professional as well but, but you're right as well and we've got to talk about it and we've got to we've got to i think that at an amateur stage 
as coaches, we need to be taught about that on mm-hmm. the coaching courses, that these I are the potential so. dangers. If you are much heavy sparring, if you're mm-hmm. doing too much of this, you don't you don't need to do it, so no. you need to put it. But also the boxers need to understand that as well. And this um, is why we have these conversations, because if I say to all the lads, if I find you've gone sparring without a coach, you're at the club, because mm. I know my boxer, and I... If I see you beating up Lee and Lee's my boss, I'll go, that's enough, we're yeah. off. You know what I mean? I can control it. We're now going to do a lead dance. And if you don't play ball, we're leaving. Yeah. But if he's my boxer and you're not my boxer, I will stop it. I will jump in on your behalf. Yeah. And every time I've had clubs down and my lads getting the better of their lad, and I go, stop. And they go, oh, no, no, he'll be all right. I went, no, mm. this ain't right. Yeah. Like the coaches shouldn't be macho for them. That's, that's There's the, nothing worse than a brave coach, is yeah. it? You know what I mean? And, it's bad, yeah. And I'm the first one to tear a lump. And the first time you have to tell someone, you think, he'll never forgive me. Mm. He'll never, oh, 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 it doesn't matter if you thought it. It's like this, a conversation with suicide. Yeah. Even if they don't, you phone them across this number, you've kept them alive, like you've kept that boxer safe. Mm. And if your boxer is concussed or your your you act, and there's no harm in acting early. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, he could have turned that around. Who cares? It's an am- it's a hobby for goodness' mm. sake. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's it's got to be taken seriously. But it is just it is just a hobby, and there's so much more to life. And you've got a life later on. And I'm working with people with Parkinson's. A lot of guys that have headed the heavy footballs when they were younger. And, and I think of, yeah, you've got to prioritise your health. That's the, you, you've got to invest in, in your health. So you've got to take steps in training to make it um, as safe as possible. And yeah, I think there's lots of things, even drinking more water, because it, it is a big one. It, you know, there's a thin layer of water be- between the brain and the, and the, and the skull. So boxers drinking more water in training. It's, it's not even, in tra- it's, um, Making weight as well. Yeah, you know, dehydration. Dehydration. It's a, <laughs> plays a big part in it, and um, makes it more dangerous. That's it. If you you if you have to dehydrate to make weight, then you're in the wrong weight. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny what you said at the start of segue. It's like I remember seeing it on Facebook. So I was the same. Like we'd had basically a year off. Yeah. And they're going, oh, we're sparring. I go, no, we're not. We're going to come in. We're going to get base fitness. Yeah. If you just walked in off the street, I went, oh, all right, care about Antonio now? Can I spot tonight? I go, no. Yeah. I don't care if you were an ABA champion last time you walked in here. You've had a year off. Exactly, yeah. So we got back to base fitness and we're doing technique. We love doing the technique and he throws a jab, he defended. Then he throws a jab, he defend, come back with a shot. Yeah. You built up, then it was a bit of light lead and support. And then you build, build, build. They go, well, they're doing that down the road. I went, they go down there. Absolutely. It's like, it's conditioning, isn't it? You're, when you're a seasoned boxer, you're you get used to the the sparring. Your mm-hmm. your muscles adapt. Your neck adapts again. The, the proprioception, your awareness, your ability to to take punches improves. And when you've had that year off, and they were getting into sparring and they were trying to rip each other's heads off. Mm-hmm. And I said, "This is we need to do touch first. We need mm-hmm. to do technical stuff and build it up." And it that became very difficult for me to watch and I just mm. I just had to step away from it and it was knowing what I know now it, it, it's been a real difficult one because I, I love this, the, the sport and I, I really miss it but uh, I can't I just I couldn't I couldn't uh, take take it all on but but yeah like I said the 
my approach to training when I was boxing myself was was wrong and how I approached my training was as get as much I must have you know I got I got in touch with the ABA champions the Midlands I remember Kyer Ingram and yeah, going yeah. going to his gym and this was outside of my own club's sparring and and coaching I would I would go and organize this all myself and that was probably a credit to how I enhanced my my own skill set but there's there was much easier ways than going about and and the amount of training I did was it was just it was too much really um so making things specific I think is is the key but absolutely I'm, I'm glad that you've I'm, I've not met another boxer that's that's read that book so I'm really yeah well I know good. it's it's kind of brought on um I've seen a lot more on Twitter now with the likes of Tony Jeffries, um, yeah. who, who's now advocating for it as well, and, and he's trying to set up some kind of programme. It's yeah. in early days. I think he put a tweet out there That's last right. week, and, and there was a load of boxers like Enzo Macronelli replying to it, and, yeah. and just to try and bring down that rate of CTE in, in retired boxers. Yeah. Um, because, again, it surprised me that you look at Tristan's book and, and the age that these boxers are passing away it's really mm. young really in yeah. this in in the in the age that people are living to and and the last 10 20 years of their life is not a great life at all no. you know a lot are ending up in in, in mental institutes in mm. and out of those that or or they can't look after themselves at all and it's yeah. so you know it needs to we need to start educating um the, the coaches within amateur boxing because that will that will transfer into pros as well won't it you know what we do now Absolutely. at this level it all transfers up and hopefully yeah. in in 10 15 years times you're not seeing such severe cases Definitely. and, and as, as i said off air i think it was the the ingle gym who mm -hmm. have had countless world champions they body spa yeah so it's not it's not out of this realm that no. you can't have champions that don't hard spa yeah i don't i or I, head spa should i say not hard spa head spa I think that's yeah definitely a, a debate that I'd be up for for having and I think it would be we're we're getting more people as Anthony Yard I mentioned I don't think he spars or head spars and I, and I think there's an argument for that and if it's going to help with enhancing your skill set because if you think about it when your head is taking trauma it's it's questionable whether those skills that you're trying to acquire are going to be able to, you're actually going to be able to learn them. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, like sort of three steps forward, two steps back. And um, whether you, could you, could you adapt your training so you could just do the three steps forward without having to take any steps back? I've, I feel it's definitely an argument worth having and, and we can look at ways and I, I do I feel like that's an, another incentive of mine if I'm I'm helping I'm rehabilitating these people some boxers and there's another boxer I had on the the zoom group on Saturday who's a, a got Parkinson's and 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 it's great that I'm helping these people then but if I why can't I now direct things to preventing as well so if I can help prevent someone getting one of these conditions that's gonna that's a that's an added incentive for me so I'm massive I'm a massive fan of Tony Jeffries and he was a a big sort of inspiration for me and his wife now is a, a nurse as she did, did a, a video on um, post-concussive syndrome I actually talked about concussion so that's a really she's called nurse sarah so if you have a watch of the, that video it's it's absolutely brilliant so so yeah obviously again advocates for the sport of boxing love it love the sport 
but, but we just want to make it safer. And I, I, that's the thing. I'm 100% backing the sport of boxing. I think it's the, the greatest sport, but I feel like, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, people might think that I'm wanting to, to ban the sport and that's the last thing I want because if you do ban the sport, it'll just go underground. It'll be, a, it'll be chaos. So you need, you need the sport to help obviously improve kids' lives, reduce knife crime, equip kids to help them feel confident using these as opposed to having to think of carrying a, a knife, which is, you know, a big, a, a big positive for, for boxing. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just want to make the sport as safe as possible and, and um in american football in in the usa we obviously we, it's not that popular over here but they've made great strides in stopping cte so there's precedent there and something yeah. to kind of copy to see how they did it and and convert that over into boxing and, and help there and i wonder why yeah why the why boxing isn't getting well I mean, I think you mentioned it in, in, in Trish's book that uh, it's it's to do with, for American football, as far as I'm aware, there's one organisation who kind of... There's funding, uh, isn't there? Uh, over, ...overlook it. Yeah. Um, whereas boxing is spread out between amateur boxing, 15 different promoters or 100 different promoters. So it's harder to then put things in place. Like, rules are different in different states in America. Rules yeah. are different from the, the UK to the US in boxing, yeah. whereas American football, it's all under one banner, so they can right. control and I guess what's comes, happening. Well, comes I've down. enjoyed about this, though, guys. We're all boxing men, all love the game. Mm. We've had a, a tough a tough conversation here about boxing. Yeah. Not, And this doesn't happen mm. in the world now, because no. I'm pro-boxing, you're against boxing. No, no, no. you shout at each other. We all love boxing, especially yeah. amateur boxing. Yeah. But what can we do to make the game that we love better? Yeah. Now, I, I, I understand. I personally, head sparring, body sparring, but it's got our themes. Yeah. And the only way that we have our success at the moment is it's not a brave coach, as we were saying earlier. Mm. If you see someone who isn't well or isn't hurt, or is that class? Or you jump in, so they haven't got to. Mm. And the only way you do it is by doing it right. Yeah, the I mean, barbaric way. This is just my opinion, but you know what yeah. I mean. But when we're barbaric, and it's he will be all right. It, mm. And you know yourself. Sometimes we're too, too tough for our own good, and mm. you'll go in there. I'll be all right. It's making me better. You need yeah. someone to go enough. Yeah. Go and have a rest. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'm on England on the weekend, so I'm going to spar all this week. Yeah. You've got to peak on the weekend. You've got to peak when you box. Definitely. If you're peaking on Wednesday and you're boxing on Sunday, we've peaked too early. Absolutely. Let's get sharp so you're good on the. Kevin, yeah. you've also you've also got to, a bit of emphasis has got to go on the actual boxer. So yeah. we need to educate boxers and we mm -hmm. need to allow them to take that time off as yes. well. And what I mean yeah. by that is, let's say you've gone sparring, you come out of that sparring with a headache, mm -hmm. that boxer got to have the confidence to be able to tell you yes. that he's had a, had a headache yeah. and then you then you obviously don't let them spar anymore. And there's no, and the, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah, that's yeah. it exactly. You've got to be honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they've got to be honest with you. And, it's, and again, it's that relationship and it's the way a coach... Because 
you can you can almost hear it in the in the Rocky movie. What you got a headache? Get back in the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, tough and culture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. And and that's got to kind of go out there and go. Actually, you're not tough for getting back in the ring mm. with a headache. You, you you're tough if you sit out and and, and uh, miss that sparring until you feel better. I think this this conversation we've had is literally you know life changing. I think it can really. I I would really be up for creating something. I've tagged England, England Boxing in a couple of posts as well, and I would really like for England Boxing to put put together some some training where you know your coaches are learning something. So my theory would be on the coaching course, what would be probably the e- easiest thing to do, and not too idealistic, have on the coaching course something about brain health so go in depth about about the skull and about the brain and the importance of skill enhancing sparring as opposed to open heavy sparring so have that in the coaching course and then it's the coach's duty of care to go and deliver that at their boxing gym to their to their boxers so therefore it's having a, a an effect and i think that would probably be the easiest they england boxing are always going on about you know they can't fund this or that actually having you know being able to to prevent kids from having concussion and mm. potentially you know depression and then later problems it, that's got to be priority i think and a mental so, health first aid course i think absolutely, you've, you've yeah. done your level one haven't you for yeah. two weekends it goes on and you're thinking <laughs> blooming, like, if you don't know how to do a box and start throw a jab you shouldn't be here and <laughs> yeah. it goes on and on and you're thinking so why don't we condense it if, mm. if you have to do two weekends can you do this? Can you do that? Here's a bit of things to look out for. Yeah. Physically, you know, if he's got concussion, and then if he's showing signs of depression. Yeah. If we can make it, so we're actually leading the way. Definitely. You know, wouldn't that be blooming brilliant if amateur boxing mm. was the jet setter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm. we know in every ghetto, in the place where police won't even go, there's a boxing gym. Yeah. They do so much good for the community. It's family, isn't it? But if we could lead the way in health and mental health, yeah. wouldn't that be blooming brilliant? Absolutely. And that's that's my goal as well. That's an incentive of mine is to to massively help help these kids understand, you know, the impact of of doing things wrong and trying to inspire them. I think that's how they respond, isn't it? I know when I was a kid, if someone tried to talk to me about brain injury and unboxing, I'm not I didn't want to listen to that. So you've got to somehow inspire them and you know having someone like Tony Jeffries is is a good good person but you know people over over here like yourselves, I think having that open discussion and and thinking back, that was something I don't feel like I had that relationship like you talk about with your your boxers i don't feel like i necessarily had that and if i if i did i wouldn't have been organizing things myself and you know when i was in hospital i didn't have a a coach didn't come to see me in there so and i think that was probably one of the biggest most heartbreaking things for me when i was there i didn't have any anyone come to see me and you know i was I, i wanted to be you know, I was representing that that club, and I wanted to be a a, a champion for them. But I, I didn't really, you know, feel like I was part of a, a team there. So, so yeah, that's. A, a, I I find it hard now not to feel some animosity to, towards the the coach. I feel like 
you know, I was, a, it's not their fault because I was, I was 19, I was a grown man, but thinking back to myself, I was, I was just a kid really. And I shouldn't have been in that, in that situation. And, so. and I think sometimes you have to remember that he learned his ways off someone else. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, it's uh, not, I can't be. Mm. <laughs> but then it's our responsibility mm. to teach us the right way. Right, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I heard something on, uh, uh, <clears throat> something the other day. That we have dirt thrown on us, on our path, from our mm. parents and from our teachers and from our peers and from experience. And it's not our fault that they've thrown the dirt on us, but it's our obligation to get the dirt off mm. and teach our children how to keep a clean path. Yeah. Because if we if we justify it by, well, my parents put the dirt on, so I put it on my dirt, that will always happen. Mm. It's our duty to give them the tools yeah. to clean their own path. Have I, have I explained that right? Yeah, so, so. <laughs> it's, it's giving them the independence, and that that's the power that they they f figure out the the route the, their path themselves, don't they? And, and and I think that's what's most important: improving people's ability to understand. Because if they've got the the power to understand and make a change themselves, that's that's when it's going to happen, isn't it? Not not doing it for them. And just well, back in my day, this is what we did. You know firsthand. How it was to have them sore hands and bad headaches. Yeah. So what can we do to make it better? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joel, we're <laughs> almost at the end. So how can we? How can people find you? So yeah, you can go onto Google Box Positive. <laughs> it should um, come up. I'll have a T-shirt in the car for you for you both. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, or you can email me, Charles Delve at Box Positive. .co.uk have a look at the the website boxpositive.com and um and just yeah if you know anyone with any conditions or people that that want to combat their own frustrations mental health problems neurological conditions then definitely I've I've gone through this training where I've learned how to be a a healthcare professional and an occupational therapist and I'm I'm still a boxer and I've still got a boxing mindset as well so I've inevitably come to a point where I've had this conflict and I think you know it's been really beneficial for me just coming on here and and having a chat with you two and it, it's so empowering you rang me the other day Kevin just just talking to you is um you're obviously the right person to be in these kids lives because it's so easy to offload to you isn't it yeah, you're you probably thinking you let you get a word in <laughs> no, have a sore throat Kev. <laughs> to be fair yeah you did and I, 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 I was you're probably thinking <laughs> shut up yeah, it's, no. it's what we've got to do with each other by having these conversations yeah it allows other people to have conversations. Yeah. And let's make these taboo subjects not so taboo and like what you've come out with today. And yeah. Once we allow people to be honest, they will be honest. I think yeah. it's a level of understanding you get as well from, from having conversations like you've talked today, sure. uh, today and, and, and hopefully explained to, to people what Parkinson's is and how boxing can help it. And, mm. uh, and, there's people out there who don't understand that, and hopefully they they now have a a better outlook and yeah. a better understanding, and uh, yeah, and can be more helpful with people with Parkinson's. Absolutely, and thank you. Where do you want to take it? Where, where where's the next big thing that you want to do? So yeah, that that's the exciting thing that I've discovered the last couple of weeks. Rocksteady Boxing in America have been in touch with Parkinson's UK, and then Parkinson's UK have been in touch with me and told me that 
they would like me to deliver the Rocksteady Boxing to boxing gyms, to healthcare professionals and clinics over here so that you know people with the condition can obviously have within their region their, their, this, this programme. Uh, and I think that would be... You so know, you'll life. be tra- training the coaches yeah. to, to then do it so it can spread to the whole of the UK, hopefully. Exactly, yeah. So that's the, the plan now. And I think being with Rocksteady Boxing, they're the, the global leader in this. So I think that makes things a little bit easier from an organisational perspective. I'm a little bit... Um, I find it very difficult managing... In an ideal world, obviously, it would be box positive, and perhaps that's just my ego talking. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, realistically, Rocksteady Boxing is the they're the, the main organisation, and they can help uh, working with them. I think actually combining the skill sets is going to be, you know, game changing for for the Parkinson's community. I think you have to look at it that uh, if you go with Rocksteady Boxing, you can move it along quicker, which means yeah. you're helping more people quicker. Exactly, it's the people with the condition, isn't mm. it? If they can get the best treatment that's that's what that's what comes first isn't it absolutely if someone's out there listening to this and they've got boxing or someone what would you tell them I'd, yeah say look up your you know local uh, you can go to Parkinson's UK and you can find a, a local support group but a lot of people might not want to be around other people with Parkinson's mm. so you can you can get in touch with with me um, and I can talk to you about about the condition and give you some strategies. So whether those be compensatory aids to help you in the house, um, things that you can you can put around to help you, or some rehab exercises, and you, I can can help you with those as well. And if you don't want to, you know, get in touch or try boxing, that it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, rest assured, it's not. <laughs> and, um, you can just have a look at some some of the videos online. I'm trying to get more active on on the internet as well so trying to get some ideas and exercises together so people can just you know click and learn from home you just said something interesting i don't know if you've got time to get into it now but <laughs> yeah, I'm really quick yeah, well, I'll, I'll ask you another I'll ask sorry you another time. No, that's uh, just something that's sparked in my head but okay. i mean it, it's brilliant joel and i think it's what you're doing is wicked and i think yeah okay. just keep on doing it brother and uh, you know Oh, and where, where will they, if they want to do it, where, where is it at Droitwich? It is at Droitwich Boxing Club for people that are, live locally, but there's also Zoom sessions, so that's one positive of the lockdown. I've, I've seen people from all over the country, so, yeah. Well, Bruff, just before we go, have you got any quotes or sayings that uh, Valtteri get through life? Um, I guess just the best currency or the best thing that you can do or the, the is the impact that you have on other people so if you can make someone else's day that's going to enhance your own day so i think that's probably <laughs> not not the best way of putting it but yeah. <laughs> you tried your best yeah <laughs> gave it a go <laughs> well next week we're joined by the, the wonderful kerry davis from more mascots please crc so Join us here. And if you ever want to listen back to our episodes, go to our YouTube channel or podcast and listen to all of them over and over again. So, guys, thank you for listening. Thank so, you very much. So until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. To all of it. <laughs>